And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, we're going to just dump a bunch of information on you. I'm going to hit you with all kinds of data because I want to fill your mind with what is going on in the real estate marketplaces. This is, this is very important information for you to gather. And even more than gathering it, you really need to digest it. Yeah, you've got to digest it. You've, you've got to take out of the information what is important and leave the stuff that's not important behind. So on today's show, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the Fed. We're going to talk about interest rate hikes. We're going to talk about the existing home sale reports. What are, what are home sales doing? We're going to talk about the jobless claims report. Now, why would we talk about jobless claims? Because, well, it has a bearing on your market. It has a bearing on the people that would rent from you and you want the people that rent from you to have a stable job, right? Okay. So that's important that jobs are out there. And we're going to talk a little bit about what is being described as a decline in demand for big ticket items. Yeah. All this stuff on today's show, we're just going to try and wrap it all up in one bow and see how far we get. So let's start off by talking about the federal rate hikes. Okay. Now you remember back in, I think it was April or maybe it was March. No, it was March. It was, yeah. Cause they did it in March. They raised the federal funds rate by 25 basis points at that meeting. You remember when that happened? So I think the federal rate went from 4.75% up to 5%. Now the federal funds rate is the interest rate for what's called overnight borrowing for banks. And it's not the same interest rate that you and I get when we apply for our mortgages. Those interest rates are prepared or analyzed or made available by the mortgage banking industry. Does that make sense? Okay, so they're actually two different things and they, they do two different things. The Federal funds rate, the reason they keep increasing the federal funds rate is that they're trying to slow the economy down and curb all of this inflation that we're dealing with. You know, I saw a report last week on television. Uh, they, they said that the interest inflate, excuse me, the interest inflation. Uh, they said that the inflation rate is right at about 15% right now. And that's that's pretty, pretty high. That's that's pretty rapid inflation. That means that everything that you buy is costing you 15% more today than it did like a year ago. And that's that's everything you buy. And if your if your wages haven't gone up by 15%, you're not even breaking even. You know, you're not even breaking even. You're you're behind the power curve. What that means is there are things that you normally would purchase that you you are no longer able to purchase because they're they're out of your scope of purchasing power. Yeah, boy, I was trying to do an economics term there, but I couldn't think of the right one. And and most of you don't want to hear an economics term, so I'm just going to move on. All right. So, what is the current investment property mortgage rates in the current market. 
since since we've been talking about the federal funds rate and the fact the federal funds rate has been moving up, have the mortgage interest rates been moving up? And the short answer is yes. They they've they've aggressively moved up. They've they've literally doubled, in some cases more than doubled, across the nation over the past year. And it had to do with the fact that the the Fed they raised interest rates like way back last year, right right after President Biden became president, there were some changes in economic policy and there was a, a radical change in the federal interest rate. Remember, it went like up two basis points uh, or it, it was scheduled. That's what it was. It was scheduled to go up two basis points and they were going to do it over a period of like a year, year and a half, something like that. Well, they they did accomplish that. But the Mortgage Bankers Association basically said, you know what, if they're going to raise the, the discount rate by two percent uh, over the next year, then, you know, what we need to do. We just need to raise our rates two percent and boom overnight mortgage interest rates went up literally two percent they have risen since that time and they peaked out right around seven maybe seven and a quarter percent since that time however the the average interest rate across the nation i got this from i believe it was bankrate.com uh the average interest rate for a home buyer is 6.125 percent that's a pretty decent interest rate, given that those interest rates were closer to seven not too long ago. Now, as a mortgage purchaser, as an investor, you are going to pay a slightly higher interest rate. It's just the way it is. And the reason it's that way is the mortgage banking industry looks at investors as a slightly higher risk. In other words, if something fails on our property, we could walk away. It's not like we're walking away from the place that we live. Does that make sense? So as a result of that, we we are charged a higher interest rate. That interest rate tends to come in around a half a point, maybe three quarters of a point higher. So uh, the interest rates that I'm seeing quoted for investors are running at 6.625% to 6.875%. So they're under 7%. That's that's actually a good news story because about 90 days ago, they were above 7%. So what we're seeing is we're seeing some adjustments in the mortgage interest rates for all consumers. That's that's a good news story. That means that the cost of our money is less now than it was 90 days ago. It's not as cheap as it was, say, a, a year and a half ago, but it's it's still relatively cheaper than it was. Now, let's talk a little bit about the existing home sales rates and, and what those are. According to the National Association of Realtors, the existing home sales rate rose 14.5% from January to February this year to a 4.58 million unit annualized pace. So really what they're looking at is they're looking at the the trailing 12 months. And that's that's how they came up with 4.58 million units that were essentially sold, which which is a good news story. And that number came in much stronger than the estimates that were out there. And it ended a 12-month consecutive period of declines in sales. So really what what that was indicating was as we were coming out of the pandemic, more and more people were not willing to sell property because of unsurety. They were unsure about the markets. They were unsure as to whether or not if, if they were a user, a consumer of the home, if they sold the home, would they be able to buy another home to replace it? There were a lot of people that were concerned about that. A lot of people uh, had 
problems with their jobs. Maybe they lost their job or maybe they took another job that didn't pay as much money. So they were they were concerned because they would not be able to qualify for a home to replace the one that they just sold. And therefore, they would become renters. Nothing wrong with becoming a renter. But if you're somebody that wants to consume your own home, you don't want to be a renter. It's just it's just the way it is. And, and I've got nothing else to say on that. I really don't. So overall sales were 22.6% lower than they were in February of last year. Though this is nearly less than the 37% annual decline seen in January. Okay, this this is just a bunch of mumbo jumbo that they put into this report that's that's trying to to tackle the fact that yeah, inventory was on the decline. There weren't enough properties coming available for sale and as a result, we saw less and less properties going on the market. Now, the other thing that also occurred was the interest rates went up radically fast. Remember that? They like overnight, they went up like at least two points. And I just gave you the report on where the interest rates are on a national basis. If you're a consumer of your own home, you're at about 6.125%, which is about double where we were a year and a half ago. And if you're a investor in real estate assets, your rates are going to be somewhere between 6.625 and 6.875%. You're still under 7%, but you're going to pay a little bit more than the consumer of the home because you're an investor, you're treated a little bit different. Now, this this National Association of Realtor report measures closings on existing homes, which represent about 90% of the marketplace. Now, keep in mind, National Association of Realtors, the reason why they are, they're able to make that claim that their report is about 90% of the marketplace, it's because they control about 90% of the marketplace. The other 10% of the marketplace are transactions that are held outside of having a realtor as part of that transaction. So in other words, somebody like me, who's a real estate investor, I don't necessarily need to use the services of a real estate broker because I know exactly what I'm doing. I, I could run everything through, um, title myself, et cetera, et cetera. But I like being represented. I like having somebody between me and the other party because it takes the emotion out of the transaction for me. Anytime that I'm buying or selling, I believe it or not, I get emotional. I get very emotional about the, the purchase or the sale. And by having that disinterested third party, well, they're not really disinterested. I mean, they have a, they have a viable stake in the transaction, but they are not emotionally connected to the property like I am. Does that make sense? That's why I like to use a real estate agent. That's why I have quality real estate agents on my team and I won't let them go because they do great work for me. So let's get back to this National Association of Realtors report. Now, remember, they're, they're covering about 90% of the market. And so it makes it a little bit difficult, uh, or actually I should say, their information makes it a critical gauge for taking the pulse of the housing se sector. Does that make sense? So, I mean, if, you, if you've got an, an entity that can provide you results of about 90% of the market, wouldn't you go with the information they're providing? The other 10%, I mean, it would only be like supporting, even if it's not supporting information, it's still only 10% of the market. Okay, again, 
the realtors, they've, they've got their, their, their fingers into everything, and that's not a bad thing. It's really not a bad thing. They, they've actually built what I consider to be a, a pretty good marketplace. Yeah, that's, that's what I think the realtors have done for, for me as a real estate investor. They have built an excellent marketplace that I can enter into. I can buy properties. I can sell properties through that marketplace, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. And because they represent 90%, I get great information that comes out of them. So what great information am I getting? Well, February's data showed signs of strength in the housing market, despite any media headlines that you saw back in February. Remember, I mean, that, that was, I think I did a radio show on this, that everybody was concerned about, oh, the housing markets are bad. Oh, the housing markets are in decline. Oh, the numbers that we've been watching, they're, they're not very favorable. Well, the result is this. They are favorable. The market is heating up. As an example, while there was a 0.2% decline in the median home price to 363000 across the board from a year earlier, this is not the same decline in home prices as other reports implied. Now, other, remember other reports were saying, oh, housing prices are down like 10% or 15% or 20%. Yeah, in certain parts of the market, the housing prices were down. But you have, you have to take a look at where those markets were and whether or not those markets are representative of what we invest in as real estate investors. Now, what housing markets am I talking about? How about San Francisco, California? How about Los Angeles, California? How about Seattle, Washington? How about New York City, New York? How about all of these marketplaces where prices of properties are are radically inflated. Let's just call it what they are. They're radically inflated given what you're actually paying for. Okay. And at the end of the day, those prices were, were going up through the pandemic and they hit a ceiling. They hit a certain point where nobody could penetrate that ceiling. And as a result of that, with the interest rates going up, prices started coming down because downward pressure was applied on pricing. There's an economics term for you. So that downward pressure applied onto the pricing, pricing came down. So all of these markets that you're reading about are markets that you and I should not invest in. I don't invest in Los Angeles, California. I don't invest in San Francisco, California. I don't invest in Seattle, Washington, and I don't invest in New York City. And the reason I don't invest in those markets is because those markets are way out of balance with regards to the values of the property in relation to the rents that they can command. And by the way, a lot of those cities that I just mentioned, they have something called rent control, which is not a favorable policy if you're a real estate investor. It's a favorable policy if you're a renter, but not a rentee. Yeah, I think that's correct. Anyhow, enough of the grammar. When we come back from the break, I'm going to get back into the statistics because you got to know. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. Del Wamsley on the economy and politics. What happens if the economy turns around and goes back down now the Democrats are in power or inflation becomes rampant? And all of a sudden, it becomes very difficult to do business. I was listening to an economist the other day, and he pulled out this chart of GDP. He said, look, here's what I want you to do. He said, tell me anywhere from 1950 to 2021 where the Democrats took power and where the Republicans took power. He said, point it out for me. 
And the truth of the matter is you can't tell. If you're sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what the politicians are going to do, or waiting to see what the economy is going to do, if you're trying to predict the future, stop. Politicians and the economy have no bearing on your success or failure. Only you do. Register for the next live online free workshop. We'll unfold the map to retirement in five years or less, regardless of what's going on in the world. It's the same proven strategies we've been using for 30 years through every political party and economic cycle you can think of. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Creating the lifestyle you've always wanted. You're hearing Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. But I am not doing a good job with my grammar. As a matter of fact, I think my eighth grade grammar teacher just sent me a cosmic message to my brain and said, check your stuff, dude. So what am I getting at? Well, what I'm getting at is before you send me an email at askal at l-u-i-n-c dot com, that's askal at l-u-i-n-c dot com, I want to point out to you that I think I may have given you some bad information at the end of the last segment. I was talking about rentors and renters and rentees and things like that. Okay, I want to correct whatever I said because I'm not sure I got it right. A rentor is a person who rents a property to a rentee. Does that make sense? While a renter is one who owns or controls property and rents that property to another. Makes total sense, doesn't it? I, I got that off of some wiki, wiki site. So it's just as confusing as mud. It's just as confusing as mud, which is why we're not talking about grammar right now. We're talking about what's going on in the marketplaces. And there have been some, some interesting things that have occurred in the marketplaces that, well, we need to know about it as real estate investors because you, you've gone through a period where you've heard that real estate is it's decaying, it's declining in value, it's not good anymore, it's not a great place to invest your money. You went through a period like 90 days ago where that was at the, the top of the headlines. But I'm here to tell you that the result of the statistics is telling me that is not a true statement. That is not true at all. As a matter of fact, the markets are very, very healthy. Now, here's another thing that you need to know, and it has to do with the jobless claims report. If you, if you, do you hear about that on the news? Do you watch the news? I know most people, most people, they turn on the news, you get about five minutes of it and you can't take it anymore and you turn it off. I get that. I get that. I'm, I'm kind of the same way. But you have to take a look at some of the financial news that comes out because it's important for you to know this information. The initial jobless claims were flat in the last time they reported, which was like a week or a week and a half ago. And the number of first time filers declined by a thousand people to 191,000 people. What does that mean? It means the number of people continuing to receive unemployment benefits after their initial claim is filed rose 14,000 people to 1.694 million people, which is one of the highest readings over the last year. So what does that mean? Well, it means whatever you take out of it. It, it indicates to me that there, there's still people that are jobless in this country. 
But when you compare the, the number of people that are jobless to the number of people that have jobs, the number of people that have jobs, well, they went out amazingly. There's, there's way more people that have jobs. So why is this important to you? You want to rent your property to somebody who has good, stable employment good, stable employment. You don't want to rent to somebody that has a job and then doesn't have a job and then has a job and then gets unemployed. And Okay. Does that make sense? Because there's fluctuations in their life and those fluctuations in their life could cause fluctuations in their income. And sometimes when people are faced with eating versus paying rent, they choose to eat. Yeah, they, they choose to eat and they don't pay their rent or they don't pay their rent on time. And that could become problematic for us as property owners. Yeah, very problematic. So we want to find people that have good work histories, that have stable employment. You know, I, I'll, just, I'll just come right out and say it. If you're really looking for the best class of people to rent to, you, you want to know what my number one target market is. And, I, and I'm, I'm shameless about this. I'll just, I'll just tell you law enforcement and first responders, law enforcement and first responders. Why? Well, first of all, they have a value system. They have ethics. They're going to treat your property the right way. They're not going to go in and abuse your property. They're going to treat it the right, right way. These are people that have a, a certain certain attitude about themselves where they want to help other people. And that's part of the reason they're in law enforcement or their other forms of, of first responders is they do help people on a continual basis. They get satisfaction in their life by doing that. Here's the other thing that you need to know about them. They have stable employment. Yeah. Stable employment. If you look at law enforcement and you look at first responders and you look at the, the rate of frequencies, they change jobs. It's very infrequent. I know a lifestyles unlimited member that rents to a gentleman that is a retired law enforcement officer. Now get this. Now you're going to love this story. This, this particular guy lived in the apartment building that the member bought and when they went through the process of updating and renovating the property, that particular guy decided to stay in the property. He decided to move from his, his unit, which had problems, into a renovated unit that didn't have problems. So he stayed with that property. And this is what, this is what my buddy found out about this guy. This guy had lived in that apartment community for 20 three years prior to my, my buddy buying the property. He's still there now. He's been there for well over a year. So he's been living at the same place for the last 24 years. How about that for longevity? How about that for somebody who had the ability to receive an income, pay his rent, and continue to live in the same place? Yeah, they, they call the guy the mayor like the mayor of the apartment community because he's been there for so long and because he's retired law enforcement, he kind of keeps an eye on the place. Yeah. If, if, if people that shouldn't be there kind of come around, he just kind of lets them know that he's retired law enforcement. And if they're there to do, you know, nefarious things, they, they don't want to be around somebody in law enforcement because somebody in law enforcement might interfere with what they're trying to do. Talk about having a nice clean community. Yeah, I went, went totally off the rails on that story there, but I just wanted you to know that 
the jobless claim numbers are what they are. Okay. I, I don't provide housing to everybody in America. I don't, but I am impacted by what's going on in the, the jobs market, if you will, because if, if people are losing their jobs, that could impact me. The, the numbers that I'm seeing fluctuating here on the jobless uh, claims report, not significant enough to really make me go, uh-oh, we've got a problem. Does that make sense? All right. All this talk about home prices crashing, they haven't crashed. As a matter of fact, my trend data is telling me that they're still going up in value. In the single family markets that I pay attention to, prices are doing fine. Ironically, what we know based on our empirical research that we've done over the last 34 years at Lifestyles Unlimited, we know that the value of housing tends to double every 20 years. Really, it's a 3.5% growth rate. If you're getting a 3.5% growth rate, you are keeping up with the doubling effect. As a matter of fact, you're doing just fine. Now, there were three properties that came across my desk. All these properties are in the greater San Antonio market. And I'm just going to talk to you about these properties because I want you to understand what is going on in the marketplace. So the first property that came in, three bedroom, one bath, about 875 square feet. It's a little over 100 years old. Don't be afraid of that. It just means it has certain things you have to pay attention to. You could buy this thing for $85,000. It's in bad shape but it's worth $175,000 all fixed up. And you will capture $27,000 in equity in this asset. Now you're going to need $20,000 to buy into the asset, but by buying in at $20,000 and capturing $27,000 in equity, you've more than doubled the equity position in the property just by buying it and renovating it. And this thing's going to produce about 12.7% in cash flow. This is a solid single, might actually be a double. But wait a minute, here's one that Adrian sent me. And oh man, this one actually looks a little bit better. It's a three bedroom, two bath, a little bit bigger. It was built in 1972, not 1907, but 1972. This particular property we can buy for $115,000. It's worth $195,000 all fixed up. This one is going to require less money out of pocket. This one only requires 18,000 out of pocket and you're going to capture $36,000 in equity. So you're buying it at 18, you're capturing an additional $36,000 in equity. That is a tripling effect of your equity position in the property once you buy it and fix it up. And the cash flow on this property is the, exactly the same as the cash flow on the one I told you just told you about. I didn't tell you what the cash flow was, but the cash flow rate of return is a little better. It's 12 point, excuse me, it's 14.3% as opposed to the 12% that the other one provided. Yeah. Now Rob sent me a property. This one's even better than the other ones. This is definitely a triple three bedroom, two bath, 1100 square feet, little older, built in 1936. Again, I'm not concerned about the age. I can buy it for $90,000 And it's worth $180,000 all fixed up. It's on the market for $90,000. But Rob indicated to me that he's aware that the seller is willing to take $60,000. They just want it to go away. It's only going to take $15,000 
cash out of pocket for me to do this particular deal because the purchase price is so so low. I'm going to capture almost $34,000 in equity. That is more than tripling my money once I buy it and rehab the property. The cash flow is a little bit higher. This property is a solid triple. The only, the only thing that's keeping this property from being what I would consider a home run is the cash flow itself is not above $400 per month. The cash flow in this particular property works out to be about $241. I like to be in the $200 to $600 range. I'm okay being above $600, but if it's above $600, then there's, there must be a reason why. Which one do you want to buy? You want to buy all three of them. The fact that I told you that these were three properties that you could either double or triple your money on, you started taking notice, didn't you? You know, I was looking at the stock charts this morning. They don't look like they're poised to double or triple your money anytime soon. Wow. A property that I can buy for $60,000, only $15,000 out of pocket. I capture $34,000 in equity. I more than triple my money by buying it and rehabbing it and putting a great person into that property. This is a great place for anybody to live because when I get done rehabbing this particular property, it's going to be as nice, if not nicer than everything else in the neighborhood. It's not going to be over improved, but it's going to be as nice, if not nicer than everything else. It's going to be a great place for somebody to call home. And that's really what this show was all about today. It's all about filtering through the noise, understanding what is important to you. And the most important thing to you should be getting yourself retired in the next five years. Real estate is the conduit to get that done. If you're not invested in real estate, we can help. At Lifestyles Unlimited, that's exactly what we do. We teach you how to invest. If you want to do what I'm doing, you want to do what the 50,000 members of Lifestyles Unlimited are doing, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.